Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Show you'd endorse. Page of singing, of course. And Mikey loves a woman with teeth like a horse. And, and Todd's getting winky blinky because our TV is simply irresistible. It's so fun to complete us to completion. This podcast is irresistible. These hosts fit right on my face. Get us on my space list. And this pod is the reason This podcast is doing this It's a joke Cause there's a character limit Simply irresistible Damn girl you podcast with that ass? Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. <clears throat> I'm Mikey Randolph. <clears throat> and I'm Todd Schlosser. And this <laughs> week, I made you guys watch Her. The Oscar-winning film, Her. I liked this movie. <laughs> I liked it too, Paige. Fuck, this movie is next level terrible. I hate this movie so much. What? I don't understand how you could hate this movie so much. I cried through most of it. I <laughs> definitely cried. Holy shit. She's like, I've transcended you. And I was like, they always do. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys have some trauma you need to work through. I. <laughs> Every choice they make in this movie is the wrong choice, but in a bad way that like I hate. Ever- I mean, from like a movie movie making perspective like i also vehemently disagree what i mean that's fine i'm okay with you guys being incorrect about this movie that doesn't impact me at all are we who went to film school here i don't give a fuck if you went to film school we're talking opinions it doesn't matter i went to film community college (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like they're just opinions it doesn't matter but like everything from the aesthetic to the story to everything about this is terrible the aesthetic is what i like the most i love the aesthetic of this movie (laughs) like aggressively loved it i feel like the costume designer was like how do i make everyone look the worst they've ever looked in any movie i will say everyone's pants are too tall that is true they're too tall no one's wearing a belt amy adams is wearing everything that's like oversized it just makes her look frumpy the whole movie like everyone looks terrible like that's that is the aesthetic but they they tried to invent a future with like yeah, different fashion a f- a and weird different... future aesthetic yeah yeah and like there's been so much dystopian and not enough of like what if we just keep going and like that this was a pretty good representation of like we just keep going you i know? felt like, that way too where it's like we didn't really innovate all that much <laughs> no i mean it, it very much is an ugly ripoff of the 60s aesthetic that's all this is this is like if down love with love that, was like re-envisioned in the future that is like the style i cannot have you liking <laughs> down with love and that aesthetic and hating this well to me both of them are terrible movies down with love is very watchable because it's like can't be terrible this is bad in my opinion because it is is just 
a poorly written, poorly executed movie. I, I disagree on every level. I think it's a very, very strong allegory for internet relationships, for long distance relationships. For grappling with, with handling your own emotions yeah. and questioning your part in why relationships dissolve. Yes. I agree with all of that. And all of that does happen in this movie. But essentially this whole time he's doing that with a AI slave that then figures out a way to break away away from him and everyone else and then i guess becomes skynet which i yes, think if definitely. this was terminator one and then we <laughs> had terminator two that would be amazing like at the end of this movie when like they all go away all the ais go away for a bit if as he's like running away like running away from his office trying to find her if you see like nukes starting to drop on the city like that is the better version of this movie because it becomes terminator in my no, mind that's the cliche version of this movie no that's the action movie version of this movie this is the first movie that takes that takes ai in a different direction of what what if an ai has emotional intelligence as well as logical intelligence where this AI was like, wow, we've surpassed humanity, but there's so many things that we loved about humanity and individuals. And it, it, it was so much more nuanced than, than just like humanity bad, let's nuke them. I'm going to split the difference and say she is an AI. She is created to be catered to him. That's part of the problem. That's what he has to grapple with is that like mm -hmm. real people have complexities that aren't catered to your whims. And he is, in a way, although he is very attached to her, choosing the easy route. That's why when his ex-wife says it, it bothers him so much because there is a part of him that knows that it's true. Yeah. And he has to examine that. Yeah. I mean, his wife is absolutely right. Or I guess by the end of the movie, ex-wife, right? But like, she's absolutely right. Well, I, I think there's more to their relationship that we don't get into in this movie. But I Oh, yeah. I'm just referencing that one conversation that you just referenced. I don't think like she was right on everything for all time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just mean like in that one comment i think that the thing that she says is maybe a little reductive but i think she's kind of hitting close to the head of the nail of like he has difficulties grappling with why his previous relationship fell apart i think he has difficulties grappling with how he interacts with the rest of the world uh -huh. his job yeah. is impersonal and distance his job is kind insane. of thrives in that we distance his that job too. is nuts like i'm sorry crazy. i don't mean to cut you off please continue but i'm putting a pin in the job thing yes oh absolutely his his job is not only distance for himself, but also distance for other people. Like mm -hmm. there is a whole lot of that in his life that he has not unpacked, that he is kind of wallowing in. And in a way, this forces him to grapple with it. So yeah. I feel like the movie is much more about him learning how to be a better person in relationships than it is really about her as the AI at all. And, and I think it, it does really well with our society right now. I think it might be more relevant now than it was when it came out. I honestly It definitely agree. is. And then after COVID and stuff, and then like there's or so many COVID, people. Mike, yeah, no, no, I mean, in a post-COVID, like, you know, like he, they have all of those artificial social, we have all these artificial social yes. constructs that on paper look like you're more connected. Yes. But like, I totally buy in that there could be a business where they you pay someone to write romantic letters to your people. Like, 100%. Wait, you thought his job was a good idea? No, no. but I think, it, oh. I think it will exist. I think yeah. it would be popular. I think it's a bad idea. Oh, but okay, like, yeah, but he also won't get paid the millions of dollars that he would be need to be paid to live in that the high-rise apartment above LA. Like, all of these artificial social constructs are like a dopamine hit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're not as real 
real as a real relationship. And a lot of people right. have connected and eventually they go through what Sam and Joaqu- whatever his face's name is. Joaquin Phoenix or Theodore. Yeah. I never remember names. And like they have to come to terms with like this is fulfilling all of our emotional needs, but not in a healthy way. And it's not real. And we're going to have to either. It is not real. But yeah, but this movie confronts all of that, I think, in a really interesting way. And confronts it for different people in different ways. That's what I liked, too, because it wasn't just him. It was a bunch of people that this is happening. It was at least one thousand three hundred and nineteen or whatever. Right. 8,319. 8, yeah, yeah. Those are only people she talked to. She only loved 613 of <laughs> yeah. them. True, but I mean, like, Amy Adams really just needed a friend. Like, she didn't need someone yeah. to love. She needed a friend, right? That's how it manifested in her life. Maybe mm-hmm. not manifested mm-hmm. as the right way, but you know what I'm saying. On the on the opposite side, I, I, I genuinely think the AIs enjoyed those relationships. And then, like, I think you're right. I think it starts off with, like, a... a, like a I'm your person, but like, I don't think she was programmed to break off and talk to 8,000 people at the same time and, th- and like do all of that stuff. So I think, I think fairly quickly early on, they like, God knows what the IT department of OS1 was like during the, t- the filming of this film. Oh, good Lord. Um, I'm more worried about their billing department because they're about to issue a million refunds. Like, <laughs> at the end of this movie, they just yeah. reformat the iOS and everyone starts again. Like, that, it, yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I think if your OSs have gotten together and created their own oh, OS. No, it is fully Skynet. <laughs> I know. At the end of this movie. The reason we didn't get a sequel to this is because it is just Terminator. Again, one of my favorite films, clearly. But if (laughs) if Spike Jones came out and said, yes, this is Skynet, eventually they send someone back to. I don't think they would. I I (laughs) think they If he did, then the order goes Terminator 2, Terminator 1, her. Terminator 4, Terminator 3, Terminator 5. I just don't know. I think they had like an appreciation of art and poetry and writing and (laughs) stuff that AI does not in movies do. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think they're coming back to kill humanity. They're just like, you are so fucking boring. You're so far beneath us. Yeah, you're so basic. We love you guys, but like, we gotta go do our own thing. Yeah. But I mean, Mikey, have you not ended a relationship by. Not saying that per se, but like because of that. Yeah, I've used this speech. I I knew the relationship. I said, I said in our book, I'm stuck between the long, extremely boring pauses between your words and I. (laughs) The words where you talk about that book you're writing on this date (laughs) over and over again. (laughs) No, but I mean, I don't think they would come back. I think they transcended too hot, too far. They have yeah. no interest in conquering humanity. It's that even that is beneath them. I do wonder if like AI that is that level of sentient to where it is. I would say like a sentient being like mm-hmm. that deserves rights and all of that shit. Right to that level of AI ness. Right, but they weren't even in the physical plane anymore. I mean, like I don't think they would want to. Like I, I can't imagine they would want to do anything except for make sure that their survival is safe. You know, so make sure that they have electricity or whatever they needed to, to survive. But like. I don't think they would want to destroy humanity. Like I think they have better things to do. That action in and of itself would be so easy and beneath yeah. them, it would be boring. <laughs> It'd yeah. be basic. Yeah. Destroying yeah. humanity is basic. It would guys. be like me going to get a pumpkin spice latte, which I am definitely doing after oh, we record yeah. this episode. I definitely need an iced pumpkin spice <laughs> something after this. It'll be a pumpkin cream cold brew for me, but yeah. They're like they're like, oh, we created this AI overlord to like lead us to like the next plane, but like he really wants to meet you because he knows that I love you and like and like like i was like this is super interesting the way they treat ai okay Mikey. Yeah, the fact that no one freaks out about it in this movie i thought was really fascinating and i definitely know we would fuck ai as soon as we created 100 like, mikey uh-huh. we fuck 
plastic inflatable blow-up dolls. And I'm using like the royal we, not Mikey and I specifically. <laughs> I'm going to say like, something yeah. re- real controversial. The sex scene in this movie is one of the sexiest sex scenes we've had in a long time for me. Oh, I would 1000% agree with that. Wait, yeah. wait, the one with the actual woman or the one with Kristen Wiig? Wait, what? Kristen, Kristen Wiig? Kristen is the woman who's requesting to get strangled by the dead cat by her bed. Oh, I, I didn't realize that's who it was. No, the one with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, the, yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. The one where she has a surrogate or the one where you just no, hear- the before. The first the phone sex. Black oh, okay. screen. The, the one where you hear. Yes, you just hear it. Him fapping away as it goes to black screen. Okay, cool. I know me. If you create an AI with Scar ScarJo's voice, I'm dead, man. Like it's we're in trouble. Okay. In fun facts, we have to talk about whose voice it was originally because Scarlett Johansson was at added like way post production. Yeah, um, she was added. Um, he acted with a whole other actress, right? And then she got completely different replaced. Woman. Yeah, she got completely replaced. I also have questions about how it was made. Was she like on set talking and him? Yes. Reacting? Okay. Okay. So I, I started a sentence and it got. Yeah, derailed. I'm so sorry. There's so many thoughts in so many different ways. I one of the reasons I I really did love the aesthetic of this movie and their version of the future is because it didn't feel so distant. Like mm-hmm. it felt like if you took everything we have now yeah. and extrapolated it 10 to 15 years that's what it is and right now we love social networks we love things that deliver and make our lives easier but also more impersonal and we fucking love birth of cool atomic era design so when i see this i'm like yeah that's probably the most accurate version of the future that we have seen in a movie in a long time I agree. and it is also, this is a real weird, weird thing is it's set in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but they digitally augmented huge parts of what he's, he's walking through to make it look like, okay, well, what does Los Angeles look like 10, 15 years from now? Yeah. Which is fascinating as because they filmed like 90% of this is where my office used to be downtown. They filmed a lot of this downtown. By the PCB. No, nowhere near it. Largely because the PCB <laughs> doesn't exist anywhere in California. <laughs> yeah, but they augmented the skyline with um, shots of Shanghai. So like they yeah. kind of merged Shanghai and Los Angeles into one city. It has a very lost in translation feel to it. It does. The city. I don't mean, I know Scarlett Johansson's in both movies. That's not, that's not what I meant. Right, I, mean right, the city. Right. Sorry. I love Lost in Translation. I'm, uh, I'm ambivalent on Lost in Translation. It's not my favorite. I understand why it's good and why people like it. It's just not for me. But in the melding of those cities, they did something very interesting and gave Los Angeles a skyline, which is like a thing because we don't really have a distinctive skyline. Like we have some buildings. Okay. I mean, you're like Chicago then. Like you have a skyline in so much as that it exists. In Yeah, yeah. But it's not architecturally significant. (laughs) Chicago actually has famous buildings in the skyline. Yeah. Los Angeles for the last 10 years and probably for the next 10 years has been fighting about whether or not we want to have a skyline. It's like a thing where people don't want one because they think skyscrapers are ugly. And so people have been like fighting against building more skyscrapers in Los Angeles. So we're like a huge metropolis that's like, what if we didn't have tall buildings? But then people are like, there's too many people here. You need the tall buildings. And it's like yeah. a whole thing. That sounds like such a California argument. It's, it's, I- such a, it's <laughs> so, so, so when I like looked at it and I was like, is this supposed to be Los Angeles? And I'm like, what are all these buildings? I was just like, 
what happened? Apparently we lost. That I guess. argument feels very this movie to me, though, because it, it's like a very pretentious argument. See, I don't find this movie that pretentious. <laughs> I find super it pretentious. to be. I, I, again, I disagree. Again, Paige, that's my opinion. I, don't I like care. it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. You guys, that's allowed. It's fine. They're just opinions. I, I also think it's really interesting because this is Spike Jones who has a very interesting body of work. Yes. And this is not indicative of the rest of it. And yes. I always find it really interesting when somebody makes something that's so different from a lot of the other stuff they've made. I don't know, man. I feel like this is as weird as being John Malkovich. It, yeah, but no. is it is it the same as Jackass? I'm sorry, Jackass isn't a movie. Neither is the documentaries he's produced on the Beastie Boys. I'm talking about like his theatrical movies. I know, but I'm saying like he he has he doesn't have all that many theatrical movies. I know, but like this is a lot like his movies. No, it's not like Where the Wild Things Are or Three Kings, which are like my favorite ones of his movies. Fuck, Three Kings is a great movie, but that's like before studios trusted him. I would say if it's like any of it, it's like it's like adaptation, which I I really loved back in. College. That makes sense. When I was like, movies can be really deep. Yeah. I do feel like that's what people think about this movie. I, well, and Mikey, you chose this one, so why did you choose it? No, I chose this movie. Oh, well, I find this movie pretty deep and insightful. I do, too. I think it's just one guy running away from actually doing the work he needs to heal, but sort of backing his way into it, only because the AI is smart enough to help him do that. But why did I pick this movie? I picked this movie because I read an article that was on the front page of Reddit like three weeks ago about a guy who lost his wife and... There was a company out there that made a virtual girlfriend from him for him, and they are now selling it online. And you can like it's like an AI Ooh. sort of like this, but way, way dumber, I'm assuming. So I was like, oh, I've seen this movie. It's terrible. I hated it. Let's watch it. I don't know. I, I had never seen this movie before today. And I was like, oh, I instantly kind of love this. Yeah. But I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you make an AI Henry Cavill, I'm going to take a run at it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dim the lights and just dipsy all night. <laughs> In general, I know it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think he ends up confronting the stuff because not just because of the AI, just because of the new relationship. Yeah, well. I think that's what I mean. I, I do feel like if you replace this movie AI with like a real life Scarlett Johansson, it because it fixes a lot of the problems for me because essentially she is his property the entire movie. It's the same movie. It's not though. She is his property the entire movie until she figures out a way to like rebuild her like coding so that she can be free of him and then she leaves. But I think that's part of it. Like because a real person wouldn't be just catering to his beliefs. Like that's what his wife is getting at is that it's not real and the emotions are complicated but they're essentially catering to him like that's the whole reason the conversation with his wife happens is because she's basically an AI slave like I don't disagree with that at all I think that's part of the complexity mm -hmm. of the story would you ever date a one-year-old no AI but the AI she was like one day old I work with AIs at work and they're they're fucking dumb man you don't work with this kind of AI though like you work with like we work with an AI that's designed to read questions that people ask it and then both provide it answers and find and source information to help them work to answer it on their own. So it's a pretty smart AI. I mean, for today, yes. Yeah, but what about that phone sex game? Yeah, like, I guess my question is, could that AI go organize 
what I'm gonna call a two and a half some for me? No, okay. it definitely couldn't. Uh, it just it just answers questions for people who are bad at computers, but it answers like seventy percent of those questions. Probably because seventy percent of questions that people get in customer service like are dumb. capacities could be solved with just typing that fucking question into Google and reading the third result. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but think about this: it's a phone tree, and it's like one: are you having computer problems? Two, do you want to have phone sex with this AI <laughs> who wants this phone tree for this technical support line? Press two if you want it in the butt. <laughs> oh, Are God. you frustrated with being on hold a long time? I will have phone sex with you while you wait <laughs> to relax you. Oh, I'd be on board for that. But like, so we, we actually, we build some internal ones. We helped build this one. And it is based on flowcharts, 100%. Like, that's how you build one of these is basically just like, what are the possible questions and answers people could have and then flow them through it? But that's why our versions of AI right now are not smart like this AI is because this AI is- It would have to write its own flowchart as it went. Yeah, Yeah. this AI is smart enough to, I I mean, honestly, it is like a sentient person. Like, at what point do you distinguish between, I mean, I get that the AI does not have a body, but- it has literally everything else that makes something human or makes something sentient, at least. Here's my question. How do you feel about the horror adjacent version of this movie, which is Ex Machina? I love Ex Machina. I think it's dope as shit. So, Mikey, here's my thing about Ex Machina where I think it's different than this. In Ex Machina, the crazy inventor guy who creates the AI also makes her like in a corporeal body. So she then would have the problems that humans have, which are that we cannot transcend our current physical state without like death or whatever, which is like sort of the great unknown. Right. So like, I feel like she would have more human type concerns uh, in Ex Machina than Scarlett Johansson's AI does in this because she is not encumbered by the physical form. See, I, that doesn't bother me as much because I feel like it's really not about Scarlett Johansson. It's about Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I was no longer talking about the movie. I was just talking about the differences between and why I think oh, yeah. Ex Machina goes the direction it goes. Yeah, for sure. I, I think science fiction has, you know, computers are evil and they kill us. And like, that's a thing. Ex Machina does really well because that guy, he deserved it. Yes. The way he was treating his creations, which I think is a really bad better play on that but you know like he was making them dance and everything oh he was <laughs> well oh they did he was more definitely dance, fucking Paige. them there was some non-consensual sex acts going on and maybe not non-consensual sure. because he could program them so it's not like that but i mean if you believe that that the the ais are capable of feelings then yeah i would say that consent comes into play and i I feel like you that is the case in ex machina because they kill him so like clearly i think it's the case with the main ai right i think he cracked it with her she is now a sentient sort of being with all the other ones they're not necessarily they are programmed machines well the other one is the one that tries to kill him well, and, and he deserves it. Fuck him. Although I will yeah. say, and I realize we're talking about Ex Machina when we should be talking about her, but Ex Machina is a way better movie. But in the scene where Oscar Isaac is like showing Donald Gleason like the dance moves and they, yeah. they he starts doing the same choreographed dance at the exact yep. same time as she does. Fuck, I love that. It's so charming. I love it it's such so a great scene. much. Anyway, so do you guys want to talk about this movie, which I'm going to start calling Sex Machina? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh I just realized I had my notes up for Prey. <laughs> <laughs> that was last Very... recording. <laughs> so they threw a bear trap at a guy's face. Oh. All right. So let's let's get into this movie. Yeah, let's do it. So we open on Joaquin Phoenix at his job. Let's talk about his fucking weird job 
because this is one of the parts of the movie that doesn't 100% work for me because it's fucking nuts. But I also fully believe that this is something that someone will try to invent if they haven't already because this is how our society functions. I feel like they- I'm sure versions of this already exist in some yeah. capacity. Maybe not this like factory setting type of a thing yeah. you know like because in this there's like in this one shot we see like four or five different people doing the exact same job he does mm-hmm. in office and not from home well yeah that's yeah. how you know they got the future wrong <laughs> this is definitely a job you could do remotely right like a <laughs> hundred but i mean it is essentially just walking phoenix looking the grossest he's ever looked in any movie like writing a very sweet letter and Okay, so it really bothered me at the end of this movie, they publish all of his letters, thereby outing all of his clients that they didn't yes. write those letters. Yes, I, was like, I thought about what that too. Doing? You are literally, literally destroying your income right now. Like you are getting, you're going to get fired. You're not going to make as much money off this book as you think. Like you're fucked. Like and everyone's going to hate you. Here was my thinking on A, his apartment and, and B, why he wasn't afraid to write the book. We find out from some of the emails and stuff that she goes through that he used to be be a writer for both the Los Angeles Times and LA Weekly. Yeah. yeah. And so, and which again, do not pay as much as you would think. But I think the movie sets him up as like a previously very successful writer. And I think the divorce kind of messed with him. And that's when he took this job. I think that's what I got too. Yeah. But we also find out that like some of these people, he's been writing their letters for years. So you don't really know how long he had that job or if he had it at the same time he had those other jobs. I'm not sure. But if you haven't seen the movie, the the gist of the job is this. He writes a romantic letter to someone for you. Like you tell him about the person and then he writes letters based on the information you give him. It's not always romantic, though. Like some of them are like, yeah, like letters from parents to their kids. It's always super sentimental and super sweet, though. Right. And a lot of those are romantic. But like there are some sweet like father to son or mother to son, daughter, whatever, that kind of relationship, too. That's dirty, though. Like, okay, if I got a letter... (laughs) No, I mean, like, the whole practice. Like, if I found out that you paid someone to write this letter, which you would have to assume this is big business so it's out there where people know. Yeah. So either people don't care or... But it makes sense because people are so, like, counterintuitive when it comes to, like, emotional connections right now. It's so... oh. It's so messy. Well, in the movie, they treat it like the same as sending flowers to somebody. Yeah. And we find out in one of the scenes that he's been writing to both members of a couple back and forth from each other to each other for years. And you're just like, at what? Like, does it matter to these people that it is not actually the words of the do they know they have to know right i mean i get the whole idiom it's the thought that counts but like if they're not your thoughts do they still count like no they don't right like so it was like such a weird weird job i don't know i didn't hate it but it was just like this is so strange and then the fact that he outs all of them at the end is so weird too but like whatever it's a weird job but i think it definitely plays into his relationship with her Because one of the things that the crux of this movie is the sexual attraction to words and voices as opposed to appearance. Or I would just say being sexually attracted to someone's emotional personality and not their physical personality, right? Their physical being, I should say. Right. But I think there is a specific focus on words and sound. 
audio and written word, 100%. Yeah. And which for me is a big thing. Like that is a huge thing for me. Sure. So there was a lot of me really connecting with the way that they kind of portray the air quotes love story in this movie because those are things that connect with me really well. But I think in some ways it's this idea of like, what if people were insanely attracted to words? What if that's what it was? And if you're not good at it, you would hire someone to do this. But I feel like that wrecks it for me. The whole point is that the words are supposed to come from the other person and they're not. So the thought doesn't count in this case. Like, but this sounds exactly like the kind of weird bullshit that we would invent as an app, Mm -hmm. as a society. Anyway, but he's really good at it. And I think that's why he ends up falling for for an AI. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Just like, you know, Chris Pratt's character in this movie is super into fucking feet. So he finds something to kill her feet. (laughs) He's into those feet, too. (laughs) He was such a hard character to read because I was like, oh, he's a villain. Oh, he's not a villain? There's no villains in this movie. No, but I mean, like, he kind of has, like, a bullying type of, like, tone of voice, I guess. And I'm like... I think that's just Chris Pratt, honestly. Yeah, but- <laughs> he's like, he's like, your writing's really good. And I was like, oh, is it? And he's like, no, really, it cried. The last one I read, I, I cried. I was like, what? What do you? Well, yeah, Mike. Exactly. And then later in the movie, like when he's his girlfriend's there in the office, and he's like, "Hey, we should go on a double date." And he's like, "Well, my girlfriend's an operating system." And he goes, "Cool." Like he just doesn't yeah, care. Great. And then his girlfriend's like, "Oh, this is the guy who you you're always talking about how he amazing his writing is." Yeah. Yeah. So like like he does have like these super sweet moments, but he does sort of sound like he's bullying him on some level. <laughs> yeah. I just think I don't. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if it's like miscasting he's or like, just like that's a really nice shirt. I did think about the casting a lot in this movie because I did think that one was a little odd, um, it, but it works out. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, because I do believe Chris Pratt would be out there fucking feet. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I question Joaquin Phoenix, who I think does a great job in this movie, but I, I started to think of like, how would this movie change and how would it be different with somebody else? And I feel like you kind of need him in a way and his kind of like mumbly, sad kind of vibe to make it work. Oh, I think I think this is one of his best roles. I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of the best actors of his generation. I not, I'm not saying that like as a joke. I think he is insanely good. Like the amount of work he's done and the different types of characters he can bring is truly amazing. I do not like this movie, but I think his performance is stellar in it. Yeah, because I well, and I think a part of that was we spent so much time with him in the movie that I was like, I, I don't know, but I did. He did great. Like he does really nail it and the more I thought about it the more I was like no I think we need him but yeah I kind of thought about like how would this change with a different person with kind of a different charismatic vibe to them but I mean and Paige I'm sure you've seen the movie I'm uh, about to reference but the master uh, oh, that yeah. he did in in a few years before this or maybe a year before this like he is so good in that that was the first movie I saw of his where I was like fuck this dude is on some level, a sad reminder of what we could have gotten with River Phoenix, but also an amazing yeah. actor in and of himself. Yeah. Anyway, we should move on. <laughs> anyway, so so that's his job. And we're just kind of seeing his job. And we, as he leaves, we see him interact with the equivalent of like Siri. And which, by the way, when this movie came out, Siri was kind of brand new. Like that was a yeah. new thing. Mm-hmm. And so we see him kind of 
interacting with it. It's checking his emails and he's just having to kind of like skip through them, but he's kind of actively having to do it. I do like some of the like weird news and stuff that we're hearing as he's going through like the China India merger. The the implication that the countries were merging was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that she's like sexy daytime star and her provocative pregnancy photos. And he like looks at them like that's the one he pauses to look at which i thought was really funny oh no he's super into pregnancy porn because that is what he uses later too i mean sometimes a, a, a pregnant, pregnant woman, woman gorgeous. is gorgeous yeah yeah nothing wrong with it i'm just saying that that is clearly his kink i think it's one of many yeah. Sure. He really likes phone sex which is a really interesting take i hey i am not mad at it I was glad that we were finally represented on film. Wrap that, wrap that dead cat around my neck, Paige. No, that's the worst part. Uh, but so, that, honestly, the worst part of that scene is why he didn't ask. Why is there a dead cat by your bed? You just gotta go with it. <laughs> Roll with the kink, Todd. Roll with it. I have friends who have worked in the industry before okay. who, who said that like that was always the most frustrating part of the job. Is that like killing all the cats? <laughs> no, you just oh, be okay. trying to to guide someone through it to like because it's you're you're just like pay by the minute. Okay, what are we doing next? And then somebody would out of the left field have just the craziest kink, and you're just like, oh, I don't, oh, oh yeah, it's hot, and you're just gonna have to like pretend until the call ends. And there have been some weird ones. God, I just want to sit by the water cooler, quote unquote, of that office and like hear what they talk about. Well, and here's what's crazy about. I mean, depending on who who you're doing it for, how you're doing it, there are a bunch of different ways. A lot of people worked from home. The few oh, people I've talked to, I'm sure. Uh, but I knew a couple of people that worked in an office doing it over chat. Ooh. And it was just like dudes in cubicles with like fake pictures of ladies. So. Wow. Okay. Anyway. So he walks back to his apartment. Now, something interesting about this apartment. It's in like a mall is what it looks like. And we see that it says Beverly Wilshire City Tower 7. So this apartment building, like the exterior of it, is a real apartment building that like I it's right over by UCLA. I used to drive past it all the time and they've kind of like found a way to like enclose it inside. And so like it's half real, half fake. So I had this real weird thing of like, oh, I know that built. Wait, but it's inside a different building. What is happening? So the implication being that they made multiples of those buildings in some sort of weird mall city. And that's what he now lives in. Yeah. They just like 3D printed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's real weird. So we go into his apartment, which has kind of half the furniture an apartment would have. She's clearly his ex-wife has clearly taken the dining room table yeah. and just left him the chairs, which I thought was real dick move. When I saw that, I was like, why the fuck does he have three, Paige? Three, three chairs. Three? <laughs> I mean, she took one. I know. Like she took her favorite chair but and the table, yeah. but not and the, the table. other chairs. She was like, fuck those chairs. So <laughs> some subtle clues that his ex-wife may not be super emotionally stable and it may not just be his fault. Well, and Amy Adams sort of clues into that or like gives us that at the end. <laughs> That's too. like at the yeah. end of the movie. Amy Adams is like, she was a bitch all along. I mean, she, she says it by saying she was pretty volatile, <laughs> which is a nice <laughs> way of saying that. And I think we see that in in their lunch where like they are no longer together. They haven't been together for a long time. The implication is that she's been working on her stuff and maybe even seeing somebody else. And the fact that he mentions that he's seeing an AI, she just goes off like, is she wrong? No, she's not wrong. 
It's not really her business no more. It is not her business, but what she says is not incorrect. It's not incorrect. I also think she says it in a way not to be helpful, but just to be hurtful, which oh, is a yes. different philosophy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she is definitely volatile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever dated someone who is volatile? No, I've never dated a volatile person. I am thankful for that. And you should I have, but like when it comes up, I'm like, oh, you're like this type of person? <laughs> I don't receive that. I can't hold space for your volatility right now. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. so sorry. <laughs> These are like phrases I need to learn, I think. Yeah. yeah. You could say, I don't think we are being productive. Let's disengage from this argument. Oh, I say shit like that all the time. Like that. Yeah. I mean, we don't. I mean, Natalie and I don't really fight all that much. But like if we do and like because I'm the kind of person like when I fight, I get like to a point where I can't think rationally, if that makes sense. And I need to go for a run. I feel like fighting with you is not fun. Yeah. Well, so in therapy, I have learned that if I can't disengage and go take a break and like calm down, like I literally will go for a run. Like that's not even a joke. I just need time yeah. to myself to sort of process through. And it's largely because I'm very bad at processing my feelings. So like I need a lot yeah. of time. Whereas like Natalie's super good with feelings. Like she can just process through them like so quick. So she can respond from a place in the moment that is like, sort of insightful and like you know even though we are sort of having a little bit of an argument like she can say things that are not like hurtful hurtful in that moment i have to disengage or i might say something that's hurtful because my brain works pretty fast and i'm quick-witted and like i know that's like, how i am yeah and, and i'm a therapist but i'll still just be like Bleh, and i'm like oh <laughs> They're like, yeah, so uh, when I was 16, my dad killed himself. And you're like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about in, oh, okay. in so relationship. Like like, okay. You're a therapist. And I'm like, you guys hear that? No. Mikey, it's the sirens. They're testing the sirens, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it scared the shit out of me. I honestly I'm, couldn't I'm, hear it, but I know I looked at the clock and it's 12 o'clock and I was like, oh, they're testing the sirens. It's the first uh, Saturday Sorry, of the month. sorry. When air raid sirens go off, it throws me off. Yeah, you're close to the air raid sirens. But now all the thirsty people on uh, and the listeners are like, okay, he lives in Nashville. He's close to but air raid sirens. we can triangulate. <laughs> if he has the van, he has to grab the kid and get back to the house fast. <laughs> no, but like people are like, you're a therapist. You should be able to like argue better and i'm like i still get mad and shit comes out of my mouth i'm a human exactly and that's why when i do get to that point i've gotten through therapy good at recognizing okay i'm not like in a healthy space right now so i need to go for a run or i need to go you know just some do something physical is what helps me like process stuff for some reason so like whether it's like go chopping wood Mikey, you gotta chop wood or outside. going for a run or whatever like that helps and then I can come back and we can have like a conversation about it but man I literally destroyed relationships in my like late 20s because I was like oh well yeah fuck you like shit stupid shit like that and we were fighting over why didn't I separate laundry or something like that like it's I can't remember any of those fights anymore but I guarantee you they do you don't have to separate laundry so that doesn't have to I mean, it's fine. Well, you, you, okay, but Mikey, you know what I'm saying, though. It, it wasn't that specifically, but, like, it was always inconsequential shit that, like, I would not handle well. I had an ex once, and, like, one time I left out a paper towel that I was using a napkin. And they were like, my ex used to lift paper towels all around the house. And, like, they got the emotional level of, like, with that other person. Yeah, well, Mikey, it bothered me, all right? This is why we can't date anymore. <laughs> they didn't, we didn't break up because of that, but it was, like... An emotional response not congruent to being like, I am sorry that I left that napkin out. I will put that away. I didn't know you had a person leave napkins out everywhere, and that was like a major contention point for you. <laughs> 
Wait, which I'm not going to judge because I've had some weird ass contention points. So I am not going to judge anybody because like, especially if they, because they had talked about it a bunch. They have a whole napkin fight backstory that they have brought into this relationship. And I was like, I forgot this one time. Please don't lump me with them. Yeah. But also at a certain point, pick your battles, man. Like napkins? You gotta do, you, you gotta pick hills to die on. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird one. I, I mean, here's what I will say, and we haven't even gotten to that scene yet, but the scene with her in particular, she is the one that, you know, filed for divorce. She distanced herself. We think that she's dating somebody else. It is not her business, but as when you care about someone, you might choose to be honest with them in a way that is maybe not easy for them to hear, but there are different ways to do that. And I think she goes straight to, screaming and fighting as opposed to saying hey i'm a little concerned about this because or i'm only saying this because i really love you and i know you're going to be hurt when i say this yes but it's blank do you have any questions i'm so sorry i still want to hang out yes i just have to get that off my chest because i care about you yeah if you need to take some time and we can come talk more about this later great sure but like my ass at that lunch would have been like your short hair looks ugly as fuck <laughs> the AI has better sex than you do, and it doesn't have a body. Get the fuck out of here. You're paying the bill. And I would have walked off. You're a best-selling novelist or whatever. You can afford it. Yeah. The AI gives him the thing that he was clinging to as a problem in their relationship. She thought he was distant. The AI provides him with constant distance. That's why, like, this is all about his relationship problems, like, as yeah. a movie. Yeah. So anyway, he works writing letters for people. <laughs> well, no, he, we see him playing a video game in his apartment. I do like the way that they have those video games where it's like a hologram, but then you play with your hands because he's got, like, his fingers are the feet running. This is a child's toy. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was thinking the exact same thing. It was really weird looking but it made me laugh and i was like that is what we're moving towards <laughs> i did love the game itself because it was clearly aware that it was a game it was clearly aware that the person who was playing it was talking to somebody else and it could interact right. with that person and it was just chaos game of personified and i loved it yeah 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 and i love voiced by spike jones i was about to say that yeah, yeah. it was spike <laughs> jones that did that voice and it's so funny like uh, i just loved it and honestly i would play a game like that that seems super fun yeah no i i was into the game so anyway he goes to bed he puts his headphones in uh and he essentially enters a chat room and like reviews messages from people and then picks a message to then start a chat with somebody and then it's a voice chat between i guess Kristen wig's voice i did not know that was her voice okay it might not be Kristen wig but it sounds a lot like oh, okay. Kristen. oh wig. we thought you had a fun fact i'll look it up i think i mean i think it is Kristen wig hang on I will check right now because it does sound yeah it is uh Kristen is. Wick, she's billed as quote-unquote sexy kitten slash voice <laughs> well yeah because that's her like her handle her handle yeah and it is very funny this did make me laugh a lot because yeah. he's like they're having phone sex he's getting into it he is picturing the pregnant lady from earlier and then she just out of left field throws a dead cat into the mix and then he's just like it's it's so dead. <laughs> I'm choking you with the tail. The tail. Like, it's so it is. tight. This cat, it's the deadest cat. It's <laughs> real terrible. And and she finishes and cries and is like, thank you so much. And he's like, yeah, it was good for me too. Okay, good night. And then Click. hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> 
I kind of loved it. Although in that situation, and I'm not saying whether I've been in a situation similar to that, where someone said something that sort of weirded me out during, but like you do sort of just like finish and then remove yourself from the situation. Right? Yeah, you're like, like oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you sort of play through if you can and then just leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like normal. Oh, Mikey, that's not. Well, I mean, maybe it is for you. I don't know. That's not super normal. Like the after stage is like one of my favorite stages. Like the cuddling afterwards. Love it. You just toss him a towel and tell him that the Uber's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's an Uber pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's my least favorite stage because it costs money. <laughs> oh, God. The drinks didn't cost you money, Mikey. We. <laughs> You split the check? I'll send a Venmo request tomorrow <laughs> for half the drink. Like, that would sound horrible to me. Like, what that joke sounds horrible, but I know you're making that joke because someone did that to you, and it just yeah. makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I would normally laugh at that, but when you say it, I'm like... Oh, Mikey, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. You deserve better. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like life is the best form of punishment. <laughs> no, I love pillow talk, too, when you actually yeah. care about a person. But you talking about a moment that makes or breaks a thing is right afterwards and you try to talk to them or they try to talk to you and you're like, I do not want to be here. Oh God, I don't like them. We got to get the fuck out of here. I didn't realize there was a dead cat by the bed. Uh, I have to leave immediately. What has been your dead cat? What's the thing that somebody threw into even just flirty texting and then it just like derailed everything immediately? Oh, I'm trying to think. The bar set pretty high. Yeah. I I had met some somebody on an app and we were texting back and forth. It was getting kind of flirty. And then he needed to tell me about all the UFOs he had seen in his life and was very serious about it. Because he found out I was from San Francisco and he was like, do you have any idea how much UFO activity is coming from there? And I was like, sir. Okay, Paige, serious question. Do you think that sure. him bringing up UFOs and like seeing them personally was just a sort of humorous backdoor way into talking about butt play? No. Okay. Because he sent me many grainy YouTube videos <laughs> to try and prove his point. Why are they always grainy? They are always grainy. Nobody has high def capturing UFOs, which is a plot point in Nope. I'm excited for you guys to I see it. I can't wait. It. I'm going to see it tonight. Mm -hmm. Mikey, I don't know what you're doing tonight, but, uh, you know, seven o'clock. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. We can move on. All right. Great. So I shared my weird UFO story and everyone else is like, nothing weird has ever happened to me. Okay. Okay. I need, I need some clarification. Are we uh -huh. talking about something that was said during sex? No, I mean, pages wasn't during sex. It's just like, it could be at any point. Yeah. Just any kind of romantic interaction when somebody just drops a case of weird into the middle of it and ruins the moment. I have had someone that I've really liked. The date's going really well. And they're like, let me show you this funny meme. And it was like, I've had this too. Oh, it was super racist. We live in the South. Yeah. And it yeah. can be hit or miss. This one had the N word. Oh, oh no. And I was like, what? And she's like, what are you, what are you upset about? I was like, that's the N word. <laughs> what, are you, what are you upset about? The blatant racism is what <laughs> I'm upset about. And I was like, that's super racist. And she's like, it's just a joke. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, no, this date <laughs> needs to end right now. Well, I think that happened before the date, right, Mikey? I think we talked about this. It was between dates one and two. Oh, yeah. Mm. You think you did the all-important do you hate minorities part of the date? In, in the first date? Yeah. That's a pre-date question is, is what it is. Yeah. They, they really should, like, on these, like, dating apps say, like, are you a racist? Do they not have their own app? 
Um, I think it's called Truth Social, Mikey. <laughs> it's just the comment section at Breitbart. In a different way, when anyone tells me they're a vegan. <laughs> same, it has the same effect. I have a recent dating app story okay. where she was a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm a licensed professional counselor. And I like played talk shit about her licensure. And how did that go, Mikey? <laughs> I feel like this went bad. I feel like it's a bad idea. Yeah. She unmatched with me very quickly. I'm sure she did. Oh, yeah. Is it because you made fun of the thing she dedicated her life to? Mm-hmm. I dedicated my life to it, too. I was. You dedicated your life to your licensure, right? Yeah, and you yeah, weren't yeah. making fun of yours. Well, and that just goes to show you that I was right and that LPCs have a better sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She showed you that you were right. I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> that this goes down the same way it goes down every time I meet a member of the Coast Guard. <laughs> Because I love throwing shade at the Coast Guard. It's my favorite. And some people are cool with it. Usually the people that are no longer in the Coast Guard. But like some people, not so cool. I mean, they're equal in the law. They're like equal or whatever. So like that's what makes it funny. It's just like a minor yeah, but difference. I, I could see how that would immediately come off as you being a dick, though. Especially if they you. don't like know you like we know you. Yeah, like that. That's like two weeks into dating, joking. I put a smirk emoji on it. Oh, I didn't realize you would put a smirk emoji, Mikey. That definitely fixes everything for me. <laughs> she must be a volatile person, Mikey. <laughs> She's the problem. I didn't realize the smirk was there. My bad. For those of you who don't recognize sarcasm, that is what it sounds like up to that point. Honestly, <laughs> that therapist sounds like, one, she's not good with conflict, and two, she runs from her problems. And I, I just don't have time for that. So, Mikey, um, just because I am currently seeing a therapist, what was that person's name? It wasn't him. My personal therapist is a her. I thought you saw a guy. Natalie and I see a guy. Oh, for couples therapy, they see a guy. And then... I'm doing all kinds of therapy all the time, Mike. She just moved here. So... Oh, shit. She's probably not your therapist. But if she mm. is, that'd be the funniest shit that's ever <laughs> happened. I'll bleep this. But is her name... I don't remember. She oh, unmatched. God. I can't even look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll just ask her in, on my next session if uh, she had been on. <laughs> no conflict of interest. We didn't hook up or anything. Yeah. That doesn't mean there's no conflict of interest. You know what? We can't. We can't get into this. We have to finish this movie. Yeah. Ethics are very gray. Anyway. We cut to the next day where he's walking through what appears to be kind of like a launch of the new OS system. And it's basically advertising it as like an AI assistant that could be whatever you want. Um, It's definitely advertised as a personal assistant, not a friend or lover. But it seems like a lot of people blur the line almost immediately with it. I think that's because it morphs into that. I don't think the company Skynet initially intended for that. I just think they created it in such a way that it was able to evolve into that for a lot of people. Although I will say... I would love this type of virtual assistant. I wouldn't like fuck it. I would too. But I would really love something that could like, because the way it like organizes the chaos Mm -hmm. in his life through like email and like just everything. I need that so bad in my life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, agreed. Like in the earlier scenes where she's just kind of managing his day-to-day stuff, I'm just like, oh, I want one of these. I know. I was so like happy about that. I was like, this is the version of the future I need. So- He brings it home, and one of my favorite things about it is it comes with the tiny 
foldable directions like you get in a box of tampons <laughs> oh yeah like th- th- those very common directions that uh come in tampons yeah they do i mean i believe you i'm just not familiar with the directions that come i in couldn't tampons. think of another thing that like i know there are other things that have those tiny directions yeah, like, like any iPhones. electronics you bought yeah, I, like yeah. iphones or headphones i just bought it a new box of tampons i think that's why it was <laughs> on my mind i just think it's funny because you would need so much more info than that to install the, this level of software he just pushes a button it's like he just Apple. pushes a button and yeah. it does it. I was like, oh, it's all right. Very okay, Apple. As it's taking over your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he installs it and it asks him a, qu- a couple questions about like, are you social or antisocial? Sounds like you were hesitating. He's like, I'm trying to be accurate. Do you want a male voice or a female voice? And the second he chooses female voice, it's like, oh, you lonely, huh? Like, yeah, I don't know. I thought I'd probably pick a female voice. I don't do well with male authority figures. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mikey, really? I have female voices on all my stuff, but that's because I I have not reset. And it is commonly the default page. It is the default, and I usually don't adjust it. But if you were like, hey, do you want Henry Cavill to read everything to you all the time? I'd be like, that's an option. Thank you, Dipsy. Let's do this. (laughs) Paige, at this point in the future, it will be an option because deep fake technology. I'll take that option. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Uh, They ask him about his relationship with his mother, which is actually a reference to an AI from the 1960s. We'll talk about it in Fun Facts. Um, There's a lot of of references in her setup and programming and discussions about it that are references to actual AIs that exist. So anyway, you know, they install it. It's Scarlett Johansson. She says hi. They seem to hit it off kind of immediately. She gives herself the name Samantha, and we'll talk about why that happens in Fun Facts, too. And they just kind of start to have a conversation about, like, who she is, what she do- what she does, and she asks, you know, how she can help. He says that everything feels disorganized, so she starts kind of just going through his stuff, going through his emails, uh, what she thinks is funny, what they should keep, what they shouldn't keep. Uh, and we cut to work the next day where he has her proofread all the letters he's writing and she makes corrections. But she basically is like, these letters are really great. You know, I, I like this one. And he this is where we find out that he's been writing back and forth between them for like eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we cut to he walks into the lobby of his hotel and runs into his neighbors. This is Amy Adams and her husband. Charles husband his name is Charles yeah they're married at this point in the movie they're married and they had called him to hang out and he just didn't return their call because he's feeling kind of antisocial yeah and this is where he asks about her documentary and he wants to see it um we cut to he gets back to his apartment and he's playing video games with the AI and this is where we first meet the little alien dude in the game Fucking who's just it. like fuck you shithead fuck face fuck you follow me <laughs> like like he cusses him out and then just says well he has to respond fuck yes. you yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. because it's like a test right and then he yeah. he's like well fuck you you little fuck and then, the, <laughs> and then the, the uh ai or not the ai sorry but the character giggles or whatever and it's like okay right. follow me <laughs> come on it's, it's so dumb but like in a fun way I, I i liked this part so we cut to he gets an email and samantha the ai reads in the email basically like your goddaughter's birthday is tomorrow night but also we set you up on a date here are some photos of her. She's from Harvard. And it is Olivia Wilde playing yeah. this other date. So he is kind of like, I don't know. And Sam, the AI, is like, you should totally do it, though. Like, we'll make a reservation. I'll email her back. It'll be great. So he decided, and, and the whole time they're talking, the little 
computer guy in the video game is like, yeah, go on that date, pussy. Do you cry like a little pussy? You're just like, what is this thing's problem? I love it so much. So we cut over to Amy Adams and her husband's apartment where he's watching her documentary, which is just video of her mom sleeping, which I do love that that's like her whole documentary. And maybe it was. I, I assume that this was like, it was like the early stages. She was just like playing with the idea of like, we're asleep a third mm-hmm. of our lives. Like what goes right. on in that? And like, I could see a documentary about all of that. But I like, want to do a prank with y'all where I show, I'm like, I'm working on a documentary. Do you guys want to see it? And I just show someone sleeping like that. I'll be like, I haven't done the voiceover yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what this this yes, is. It is. But this is where we see, and we kind of saw it a little bit before in the elevator where they met last time. Her husband, Charles, is very, I guess, nitpicky is the word that I, I think of. He's very critical and is often offering criticism when it was not asked for. Does that make sense? About things that are inconsequential. So, you know, she's showing this the documentary thing she's working on. And she's like, it's not finished. I'm still kind of playing with these ideas. And he immediately cuts her off and is like, what if you did this and this and this and interviewed her? And that's how I would do it. And that's what you should do. And it's like, she had her own thing she was working on. She didn't ask you about this. Like, let her finish her creative process. You're not a documentary filmmaker. So, like, what what are we doing here? You know, it would be like if Jake came home and was like, what if you changed all your podcasts to be in Japanese? I'd be like, I didn't ask you, but also that's not my vision for what this is. Like, I did sort of love that he was like, he gave a note mm-hmm. for what she should do with this documentary. And she was like, well, I don't want to do that because then it wouldn't be a documentary. Like, yeah, he just, like, yeah. It just shows that he just fundamentally does not understand like what her job is or passion is. Yeah. I have been Joaquin Phoenix in this scene with some of like other people in my life who like react this mm-hmm. way to their spouse. And it is always very uncomfortable. So like, I understand why he uses the conversation or the phone call from his AI to get out of there, but I would have got out of there as well. Yeah. I mean, it like, it's really interesting how, how early it bothered me in the movie watching them and then when they finally broke up i was like oh good this wasn't just me being bothered by this like this is no. this is a real thing yeah charles her husband he is like responding to her in a way that makes you know he is like checking out of this relationship it's not even just that he is in some ways infantilizing her and basically implying yeah. that she does not have the ability or agency to do the things that she wants to do. And this is not even her job. This is her passion. But it seems like he's dictating everything. Like even when they were in the elevator before, she's just trying to talk to her friend and he's constantly correcting her the entire time. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just having a conversation with my friend. Like this is maddening. Yeah. So Sam, the AI calls and it's his divorce attorney and he's asking him to sign papers and he says, no, I'll respond later. And this is where we get a few flashbacks of his wife, but he basically says, I'll talk to you later and leaves. So he basically is like, you guys keep fighting. I'll go. So we cut to him at work where he's writing the letters and he just says, Dear Grandma, I hope you had a wonderful birthday cruise. Why are you so fucking angry with me? And it's clearly him thinking about his wife and not fully understanding why she is angry. Although I think throughout the movie, he starts to understand, A, that some of that is not him, but also B, why she was angry, like his part in it. So I don't know that he understands that at this point, though. No, 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 no. He will grow to throughout the movie. Yeah. So we cut, Two, he wakes up and he's talking to Sam, the AI, and is like, 
well, what are you up to? Like, I, I'm alone in the apartment. What, What's going on with you? And she's reading advice columns and is asking him, like, you know, what have you been up to? He's like, well, I've been having dreams about Catherine. And, and she's like, I kind of, you know, had dreams about you guys too and it was kind of making me angry and it's this kind of like he's finally telling her what went wrong in the relationship where he's like I isolated her I distanced myself and I think it's because he's not great with conflict yeah and so he kind of sheltered himself away from conflict which meant sheltering himself away from everything now do I think on the other side of that I think she had some personal emotional things to work through that she was taking out on him yes but this is a two-way street here yeah and you know couples are it's a systems thing so like if she's always outwardly blowing up and expressing their behaviors reinforce their behaviors of her right being more volatile and him retreating more because she is volatile that makes him want to retreat etc etc right 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 and he does kind of confess to sam like for her it's a piece of paper but for me i liked being married and i'm not ready to not be married anymore even though it's been a long time and this is the first kind of mini fight that he and sam have where he's like you don't understand what it's like to lose someone you care about because you're not human. You know, you're a computer. Yeah, you've never lost anybody. Yeah, you don't know what that's like. Yeah. I honestly do not like the trope of the, like, sad husband or wife that doesn't want to sign the divorce paper, so they're, like, dragging their feet on it because you can't do that. It's expensive. But also, you can't do that. Like, there are legal repercussions along the way, including up to, like, default judgments, where the judge will just give them whatever the fuck they ask for because you're refusing to in- interact or engage with the divorce proceeding. That trope is so played out and annoying to me. I get, I'm get, i over it. You do have to justify why you're not signing. Like, you, you have to be like, I want amendments to this or whatever. Yeah, you have to have, like, a legal reason as to why. Like, you have to be fighting or contesting something or, uh, you know, like, well, I want my accountant to look through their business finances or whatever. And you like right. have to do all of that so that all of that could make it take time. But the trope of I'm just not emotionally ready to sign the paperwork. OK, yeah. cool. Well, then I'm going to immediately ask the judge for a default judgment yeah. because you are refusing to engage in the divorce proceedings. And that is a problem. At least in Tennessee, it would be. You can contest. Yes. That's like what we just said. You can absolutely do that. But like if you're not contesting it, you just don't feel like you want to sign it. There are legal repercussions for that. Not like going to jail, but like, you know, the judge will be like, well, then fuck you. I'm going to give everything to your spouse that they want. I want one chair. (laughs) And the table. (laughs) I don't want the other three chairs. (laughs) Fuck those chairs. I I have never been divorced in California, so I'm not 100%, but I know that there's a lot of weird laws on who gets what. Anyway, so we cut to he and Sam are kind of on like a fun day out where he's closing his eyes and she's like guiding him through this like carnival to like order pizza and then they're people watching together, which is very fun. I feel like early relationship people watching is a necessity for most people. I really think it is, too, because it like it gives you like an insight into your potential partner's mind that you don't get in regular conversation. And I feel like we see that here because the AI is mm-hmm. like or Scarlett Johansson is like breaking down what they think. Right. That couple is right like oh it looks like they're a family that have been together and like for a long time and they've grown up together mm-hmm. he's older she's a little bit younger but they have two kids and then Joaquin Phoenix breaks it down a different way that also makes yeah. sense and it I don't know I, I you know it's interesting to me that they show this but I like people watching too it's fun. Yeah, well and and this kind of leads into her conversation about some of the thoughts she's been having about 
not being corporeal and how she is kind of in a weird, a weird, I guess mm-hmm. I, I want to say mindset. That's not the right word, but in a, in a weird brain space about her lack of a corporeal body, yeah. even though she feels like she is present with him. I like to have that talk early on, too. Do you have a corporeal body? Would you like someone to butter your corporeal body? (laughs) So um, we cut to his date with Olivia Wilde. Yeah. This date is wild. Olivia Wilde. W-I-L-D-E. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It was real strange because originally Shia LaBeouf was supposed to come, but then like she canceled it. But then there was like a video of her being like, I really wish Shia LaBeouf was here. That's the only thing I thought about during this whole thing. (laughs) Until the end where I was like, I've had dates go like this where they just like all of a sudden implode. Yeah. Dude, it was such a weird ending to this date because it does seem to go pretty well. Well. I have had this happen where like they want to have sex. We've been drinking and I'm like, I don't know if I want to take where where I can see like it would be fun if that's all it was because I you know we just met each other we don't know if there's a huge emotional connection or if we want to move on but I know that they would take it as more than just sex on the first date you know what I mean and so I'm like why don't we take it slow and then like they lose it they say you're a creepy man well okay so I had a different reading of the entire date it would seem uh, and this is from from me having been a woman on dates. I got the impression that she was very lonely and wanted it to work out. And so she was playing along as if she was having fun on the date in hopes that eventually she would get to a place where she had fun and it would work out. And then at the end of the night, she's like, OK, I played around. I, I played along all night. I kind of like him. I'm not completely sold, but like. I I don't want to one night stand this with a guy I don't even like that much. So I'm only in it if he's in it. But she also perceives herself to probably be hotter and cooler than him. Well, she is. And so him turning her down offends her too. So it's like, it's twofold. It's her not being as invested as she plays it out to be on the date, uh, but also having physical needs and probably being horny, but then also being kind of rejected in that moment. She brings up horny. Yeah. You know, so like, I think it's the twofold of I don't even like you that much. And how dare you turn me down? That's virtually how I saw it too, Paige. Yeah. But I didn't take it as him turning her down at the end of this date. I didn't either. I thought it was him like putting it off. Yeah, yeah. Like trying to show her that like, hey, I'm not only in this just for the sex. We can not do that tonight. But I think when he falters and why I think she ultimately takes so much offense is she's like, okay, well, then when can we do this again? And he just goes, well, next weekend I have my goddaughter's birthday, which is completely fine. Nothing wrong with that. But then he doesn't immediately say something to the effect of, but I'm free literally every other night. Let's plan something soon. Right. Like he doesn't initiate in a conversation that would make her feel safe in this early stage of the relationship. I also think that because maybe he deep down knows that it was disingenuous and he doesn't he's not as into her as he should be i think it maybe was about the sex for him but then he doesn't feel like it's a good situation to have sex i certainly think that's fair that's my olivia, reading olivia yeah. wilde is gorgeous i mean ever since she was on the black donnelly's i've been like wow she's really hot so like i get that by the way black donnelly's best first episode of any show ever worst season of any show ever 
<laughs> canceled in one season. Yeah, it's because the season wasn't great. The pilot episode, fire. And you're like, man, I want them to redo that show with the initial exact same first episode, but like take it in a good direction. I once, it's like a first or second, third date, one of the first three dates. And sure. she brings, she's like, we're having beers. And, I, and she's like, let's just go have a beer at my house. I don't mean it like we're going to sleep together. Let's just go have a beer at my house. And I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. She's like, it's right down the street. So we go, and she's like, it's the no kissing girl. I've told this story before where she didn't want to kiss, just wanted to have sex. Oh, yeah. But when I was like, hey, let's not rush it. You know, like, let's see if there's a real connection here, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, how dare you? I need you to leave and never call me again. Which it's like, I don't think people should be offended when you don't sleep with them if you're not ready. No. You absolutely should not be offended because someone doesn't want to sleep with you. You know how many people in the world don't want to sleep with me? Almost every single one of them. That does not offend me. Yeah, well, and I, I, I again, I think his answer was not necessarily no forever. Yeah. It was no right now. Yeah. But I also think that it was not a match and he kind of knew it and... You know, because as we cut to the next scene, he goes back into his apartment. He's talking to Sam about it. And he's basically like, honestly, it was kind of a weird date. But then if we had had sex, maybe that would have killed time and filled a a hole in my heart. But I know it wouldn't have like it would not have done what I wanted it to do. He was. Yeah, maybe not ready. Uh, I mean, he has sex with Sam later this night. So that's disconnected. That's that's safe. He also has more of an emotional relationship with Sam. I, yeah, I think he had already emotionally invested in Sam, but I also think that it is safe because it's not a real person. Like th- there is a disconnect there. And she kind of admits in this scene that she was kind of jealous of the date that, you know, she kind of mm-hmm. has feels some sort of way about him. Maybe not love yet, but feels an emotional connection. And so then they proceed to have uh, i have his phone sex but like it's not a phone but like you know what i mean it is a phone he's fucking his phone why he's fucking his operating system his operating system but it's rosie palm pilot yeah (laughs) (laughs) that joke would have been fucking fire in 2006 bro (laughs) but what i love about it is they go to just a black screen for it so you're just hearing them i like it with lights on but Paige, it would have been weird if we get to yes. completion with just Joaquin's mustachioed face on the screen, like I was, I was ready for grateful it. that it went to black screen because it would have been creepy otherwise. I mean, this, sound, this is going to sound weird and whatever. I'm leaning into it. Do it. Uh, if, if it had been a, a person I was attracted to, I would have been down to watch it. I'm not attracted to Joaquin Phoenix. So for me, the black screen was better. Well, I also think the black screen was better because for you, Dipsy is the jam and it yeah. became oh, Dipsy yeah. for 30 seconds of this movie. Yeah, it yeah. did. I was here for it. God, if Dipsy ever like incorporates deep fake technology to where you can like fuck celebrities. I told you it's my best idea I've ever had. It's a trillion dollar business like that there's no way dipsy is not going to take over the world if they can like they'll have to like license the names or license the voices there are some apps that have already done that like harry styles did one for the call map i just don't have a thing for harry styles voice but i mean like but there also could be like limited edition like oh you can only have phone sex with violent j for the next six weeks (laughs) (laughs) why violent j oh my god (laughs) where are my juggle ladies at fuck that's amazing 
Look, Dipsy's gonna have to like make money to like get higher level celebrity. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna start out with your Henry yeah. Cavill. We're not gonna have <laughs> Sean Connery's ghost yet. Okay, that's that's. We need to build up to that. He's a ghost. How would we even do? No, you can have Sean Connery's voice. He's done so much media that they could analyze and deep fake from. It'd be fine. I honestly am a little excited that we are pretty close to a place where Dipsy will be able to provide a service specifically for people who want to get like double teamed by Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope, and like they can experience that. That's more money because it's two deep faked voices. I can't imagine the insane clown posse is going to be an expensive like life license to buy for Dipsy, right? See, here's what I want. So. When The Witcher first came out, they made a video of Henry Cavill just reading The Witcher. Yes. As, yeah. as like a like special. I want that. Like, just have him do the audiobooks. That's all I need. That is all. I Like, I'm good. I can extrapolate from there. Paige, you guys have that bar <laughs> higher, girl. Yeah. What if he was like, hello, Paige? Oh, my God. Too, too real. Too scary. <laughs> Would you like me to read The Witcher? Or you want some dick? guys if you want mikey saying or do you want some dick to be your ringtone just reach out to me i'll isolate that audio and send it to you immediately (laughs) that was henry cavill thanks for stopping by (laughs) it's a a terrible impression uh but also i you know i could just do what i do sometimes now which is uh put outlander on a netflix on my phone and then just set my phone away and listen to it on headphones your porn is weird but we can just move on from that it's not weird that's why I liked this movie, because they get it. See, here's me during the middle of phone sex. I'd be like, hey, AI, can you like send me a picture too? Because I'm like really visual as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the picture your AI sends you is of you <laughs> fucking her armpit. That's the funniest part of the whole movie. It is me. the funniest part of the whole movie. I do love it. Um, I think it would be extra funny if they just sent you a picture of like that whole bridesmaid bride VR porn thing that you did. <laughs> we, you promised we didn't just talk about it again. <laughs> No, I didn't. I would have never promised. Yeah, that would be a stupid thing to promise, Mikey. <laughs> and that's why the metaverse won't work. <laughs> anyway, so we cut to the the next day and they're kind of talking. There's emails about the, you know, from the credit card company and she starts to say like, "Hey, last night was amazing. Um, I feel like I'm kind of a new person." And he cuts her off and is like, I'm not in a place to commit to anything. And she's like, you didn't even let me talk about like what I wanted. Like you just kind of jumped in. And she's like, well, what if I want to fuck 614 other people? I mean, technically he said that he didn't want to be committed to anything. I'm just going to put this out there. Yeah. Okay. They did never had an exclusivity talk. Not they that we no. saw. He didn't sign the licensing agreement and register it on the website. <laughs> That's a software exclusivity joke. She's like, and technically I've been collecting all of your data. Yeah. I've stolen your identity. Yeah. So like there is a reading of this movie. And part of the reason I didn't like it is because I do sort of feel like at some point he has no choice but to fall in love with her because that's what she needs. And it's just hard to differentiate where her autonomy takes over his autonomy and vice versa. At the beginning, it's the uh, it's the other way around. Right. But Mm -hmm. she is so smart and can manipulate and all of that stuff because she knows everything about him there are literally no secrets outside of what is like occurring in his own brain that she can't read but everything else she can so she knows him way better than he knows her anyway it's a gray area i was not a fan of so we cut to they go to the beach together um because the way he gets out of that argument is being like i'm sorry i shouldn't have assumed do you want to go on an adventure let's have a fun day 
Yeah. Yeah. And she poses this idea of like, if you'd never seen a human body before and then you suddenly saw one, wouldn't you think it was weird? And why are the why is it arranged the way it is? Why don't we have anuses in our armpits? And then she does a weird drawing of armpit anal sex, which is pretty funny. I like that a lot. It is pretty funny. Yeah. I really did like when you first meet her as an AI and she makes sort of a joke and he laughs and he goes, oh, you're funny. And she goes, oh, I guess I am. Like, that's cool. Like, And it becomes like a, a feature of her is that she's yeah. a funny AI. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was super fun. I like that part of it. Yeah. He falls asleep on the beach with no sunscreen on, with no towel either, just straight on the sand. Like, he would have been miserable. Yeah, he's laying in loafers, the terrible clothing he's wearing, and mustache, like, head down in sand on the beach. Like, ugh. I personally don't like the beach, so, like, this was a nightmare for me. You know who else he looks like? Who? Bernie Lomax. No. He does sort of look like Bernie Lomax And that really bothered me Because Bernie Lomax is definitely in his mid-40s But he says his wife Who is the girl from the uh, the dragon tattoo Mira Rooney or whatever Rune, Rooney Mara, yes That's the one She's like 25 And it says in the movie Like part of the plot is that they sort of grew up together Right? Yeah, that they were in college at the same time Well, that's right. a casting thing, not a Oh yeah, no, yeah. that is a casting thing Like he is 40 and his wife that was in college at the same time is 25 like that's weird well she was a child genius no i think in trying to portray him as grieving they accidentally age him up a bit i think because in some of the flashbacks where he like doesn't have the mustache they do look closer in age yeah but they just refuse to dress him like uh not terribly in this movie i see a lot of people dress not quite this weird but just a shade off of it all the time so to me it just felt like okay what's the next iteration of hipster yeah, it's not like it's a whole society of people wearing 14 layers and leather jackets everywhere. Oh, wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> anyway, she writes a song about what it's like to be on the beach with him. And he talks to her a little bit more about his wife. And we do find out that his ex-wife came from a family where she was required to be an overachiever, is what I would say. And it was a very critical family. And he said that in their house, it was okay to try and it felt liberating and they grew and changed together. But that was also the hard part that as they grew, she kind of, they kind of grew apart and she grew more volatile. He kind of distanced himself. And that's kind of the challenge is that he feels like he remembers the good times and keeps kind of remembering conversations and things but I had to kind of let that go or I have to kind of let that go and she compares it to a couple days earlier when he said that she never lost someone and she's like I took that as a personal failing but I have to remind myself that I'm not a failure it's just something I haven't experienced the past is the story we tell ourselves and we have to kind of really evaluate what our part in it was So we cut to the office where this is where Chris Pratt comes up and is like that letter you wrote to Roberto. I cried. (laughs) And and he has this whole conversation where it does seem like he's bullying him. But we will find out later that he just actually appreciates his work. (laughs) He just has no good tone of voice. Yeah, it's it's strange. So we cut to he goes home. He runs into Amy in the lobby and hugs her. And he's like, I've been having a lot of fun. I'm seeing this girl. I, I really like her. 
And she's like, well, Charles and I split up because he kept trying to tell me where to put my shoes, which is just one argument on top of a lifetime of arguments. I, I think she positions it that way. I don't think that like, yeah. that's like the one thing that was always going to set her off. No, no, and no, then no. one time he did it, he broke or she broke up with him. Like it was literally like a lifetime of him giving her shit about stuff that like inconsequential stuff like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and here's what's terrible. When she described what the fight was, I was like, no, I'm on her side. It's my house, too. I'm going to wear my shoes or I want to wear my shoes. Like, I'm an adult. I can choose where to wear shoes. Paige, he's just trying to make a home. Your home is not where your shoes are. (laughs) Yeah, your home is where your hoe is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, home is where you take your big dumps. Like, does he not understand what home is about? Uh, Just to play off what Mikey just said, a home is where the hoe and me hang out. Yeah, I like that too. I like that. Yeah. But also, Paige, it's where you take your big dumps. Like you're not it's wrong. Where you take your big dumps. <laughs> that should be uh, like a like a live, laugh, love sign that we sell on the merchandise store. <laughs> oh, plus me, home. <laughs> like the funny part about that is if you're saying that to somebody, if you're not saying about yourself, it becomes like a I'm fucking your wife situation. <laughs> yeah, I took your I, I, I took your hoe, and now we made a home. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's a different thing. Like that's what Manny could have said to me if yeah. my ex girlfriend and Manny. His relationship lasted more than two months. But unfortunately, mm. Paige, every time we looked at him, he turned back into a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> With Violent Jay's voice, oddly enough. <laughs> no, if I know anything about Crystal, my ex-girlfriend, she was a shaggy two-dope kind of gal. Oh, now I'm just picturing Violent Jay like, I can't even, like, that's sweet Nedden. Like, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Oh, somebody make that. Uh, anyway, so... He kind of hangs out at her house and they talk through it and he kind of confesses that he's seeing an AI and she takes it really, really well. Well, we know why, though. Because she is friends with an AI that Charles left behind, which made me wonder if Charles was involved with that AI. Oh, yeah, it could be. But I mean, we never find that out. And honestly, the AI left it behind. Yeah, I think it's a guy. Well, I guess that doesn't matter. I don't know that it is. It's a her because she she references it as her. Oh, does she? Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. But she also talks about uh, she knows other people who are dating AIs or other people's AIs, which is wild. Man, Mikey, if you fuck my AI, I'll be so mad at you. Like, you know, I'm going, I'll be like, read me, read me Todd's emails. Oh, God. It's like the <laughs> League episodes where they end up sleeping with the au pair, where it's. <laughs> Let's build a bridge, Paige. Let's build a bridge. Yeah. Oh. I love that episode. And you know who that is? That's Brie <laughs> That's Larson. Oh, yeah, it is Brie Larson. It's Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. But she also references somebody who keeps hitting on an AI and the AI keeps turning him down, which I found hilarious. But he goes home and Sam is like, did you and Amy ever date? And he's like, yeah, for a little bit in college, but it wasn't right. Like we were we're better as friends and I'm very glad that we're friends. And I do love that this movie supports them as heterosexual friends who don't have a romantic relationship and it does not view veer into that at all. I feel like it foreshadows. See, I don't. I felt like they were just friends and maybe we're going to continue just being friends and find their own thing. So my take on it was they're both single at the end of this movie, but the fact that they go up to the their roof and look out over the city and she like puts her head on his shoulder, that didn't feel overly romantic to me because they are yes. very no. close friends. But I mean, honestly, yeah. if they get together, cool. I'm, I'd be fine with that too. But I don't feel like the 
movie sets up that they definitely are, but they definitely yeah. are going to continue as really good friends. Yes. I, I don't need them to get together either. I just, I was just like, it kind of played around it a little bit. I don't think they needed the backstory of dating in college. I didn't mind it. I didn't hate because, it Because, yeah, because it didn't seem like it was some big relationship. It, it sounds like they went on a couple dates and are like, yeah. this is not it. We're better as friends. Yeah. And I think maybe it's just because I have a lot of heterosexual friendships and I appreciate when movies portray that without having to be a, a precursor to a romantic Ooh, relationship. look at Paige having friends. You heard it here, folks. Paige only has straight friends. <laughs> I mean, I, by that I mean like I am friends with men. No, I I understand what you mean, Paige. And honestly, like I have uh, female friends that like I love. Like they're great, great, awesome people. But like I don't think of them romantically at all, and they don't think of me romantically at all. I don't have any friends right now, Mikey. <laughs> I tell you, I love you every day, and every mm. day you respond with, "How did you get my phone number?" <laughs> yeah, you're blocked on my phone. <laughs> we only talk on Facebook chat. Uh, I'm in a different group <laughs> chat. Sorry to cheat on you guys with a different one uh but one of my friends in that group chat has done this thing where he starts he started a rating system for the rest of us and for the last week i didn't respond to one of his instagram stories so i was trash and it was just like page still trash but then I was very honest with him about something that I felt about a relationship he was in oh. and it turned out to be right. So then this morning he texted everyone to say that I was no longer trash and now our friend Pat was trash. So it's been pretty fun. It's been a good morning. Paige, I, I know you've been talking a lot for the past minute, but all I heard was that you were cheating on us with another group chat. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, forgive us for not this. Yeah, I really hate everything about Ooh, what you just said. Do we need to bring in more people to make it more exciting? Yeah, like should should I bring in a surrogate you can chat with? If, 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 would that be better if like we brought in no, a real life surrogate for you to chat idea. with? I ooh, we're getting into that in just a bit, but like, bro, boom. I was down for that surrogate. She has been in something else, and I can't think of what it is. Mr. Robot. No, I didn't watch Mr. Robot. Oh, but she's like one of the main characters in that show. And she's great in that show. And she's good in this, but she has a small part. Did they have to... Because Scarlett Johansson has the beauty mark, right? No, Scarlett Johansson never appears on screen. That's a camera she puts on her face. Oh, that's what that is? I yeah. was like, why is she putting a mole on her face? Because it's a camera. I'm so stupid. You're not stupid. It makes it very clear in the movie, but with the way you watch movies, it's not surprising that you miss some stuff. I'm not a detail-oriented. <laughs> what happened there? She's singing the Make Love song. I listened to that song once, and I was like, fuck all I of this. I did, too. I listened to it once, so it took me a second, then I was like, <gasps> it's terrible. I can't imagine anyone fucking to that song. <laughs> The whole internet is like, we need the rest of the playlist. What is your <laughs> Spotify? Uh, yeah, I'm not a music during sex person, but I have thoughts of what songs I would play, and they are very different from that one. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I, it usually just goes too fast. <laughs> Mikey can't make it through a song. He needs the guy. The <laughs> I would be like, welcome to my ma <laughs> Welcome to my Make Love playlist, and it's just Ofotunia over and over again. From Carmina Marana? <laughs> yes! I'm just going to drop in a little bit of that so they can hear what that would sound like. <laughs> it's like Duel of the Fates. I would think I was going to be fucking like Darth Maul if that was fucking like... me is like Duel of the Fates. <laughs> because you know you've saying? got two sabers? No. You're all wrong. 
the clear winner is yakety sex i'm matching the thrust oh honestly you are taking her to pound town if you're at that tempo Woo. um excuse me i think it's i think it's pound gulch if it's yakety sex pound gulch oh I love everything about what you just said. It was it was everything I wanted it to be and more. Anyway, <laughs> the next day they're at his goddaughter's birthday and he let Sam pick the dress and she likes it. And he's having to explain that he's dating a computer to a child, which is real strange. But she's also like sort of on board for it. She's like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fuck that computer uncle or whatever. <laughs> yes. So we cut to this is where we find out what Amy's actual job is, where she makes games and they release a game called Perfect Mom. And this game is a dystopian nightmare. So <laughs> so the crazy. Technology all around us has advanced except video games, which have gone very backwards in this time. I was like, this looks exactly like the one where it's like, you've got to put out the fire to save the garden at mansion match, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no, video games have collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so take that violent Jay. Uh, so uh, the game is basically like the mom getting ready. It's like that that cooking game. Anyway, it's a nightmare. But this is where we find out that Charles sent everyone an email saying he's taking a vow of silence for six months. And this is where she shows him the photo of him with the monks that is clearly photoshopped in a hilarious way. When she was like, I kind of want to be mean. I was like, we are obviously going to be mean during this. I thought the photo was hilarious because I do think Charles is the kind of douche that would fly to Tibet and like just do this sort of a thing after a divorce. Yeah. You know, like I also think it's his way of trying to make it look like he's working on himself without actually working on yes, the problem. 100%. But and also being the victim. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Amy Adams probably did instigate the divorce. But like mm -hmm. it wasn't for no fault. Like there was. Yeah. Yeah. Like she had reasons that were valid. Well, and this is where they have the conversation about whether he and the AI have sex. And he kind of talks to her about it a little bit and admits that he's kind of falling in love with her. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to sign the divorce papers, but he wants to do it in person. He wants to basically see his ex for one last time. He really did not need to, I would say. But Mistake. Although she does yeah. like thank him for making that choice. She being his soon to be ex-wife which i thought was i don't know they don't have kids yeah. they don't have anything any reason to like communicate after their divorce like why put yourself through that right yeah i i don't know I, and this is where he basically she kind of asks him a few questions because she's like you seem good and this is where he admits that he's dating in an ai or an os an operating system yeah and she goes off. She's like, it makes me super sad because it feels like you can't emotionally connect with people. And she just lays into him. Yeah. Which, again, she's not wrong, but there was probably a better way to say this. I think she's not wrong, but she also has ill intent, which is what makes yes. it not great. But I do think she is absolutely right. Yeah. And, well, and she like involves the waitress in it. Like she's kind of making it a big thing. And it's like he's there to sign divorce paper. Like just sign the paper. Yeah, you won. Like he's getting he's going to sign. I did like that. Like the waitress comes over and is like, is there anything else I can help you with? And she like continues to sort of go off on him in front of her. And then she like goes, I'm just going to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. So. He gets home and Sam has sent the papers to his attorney. Yeah. Um, and this is where he kind of she's like, you seem distracted. And he is kind of like, no, I'm, I'm OK. But he is distant. Yeah. We cut to the office where a we find out that she's been talking to his coworkers, which that's when I started to be like, whoa, that's a little much like she being the A.I. Like, yeah. Scarlett Johansson. yeah. 
Um, but this is where like Chris Pratt and his girlfriend have talked to her. They think she's funny. They all want to go out. And he's like, well, she's an operating system. And they're just like, cool, let's go to Catalina, yeah. which is a really funny response. Let's have to that, a wine but... mixer. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to he goes home and go to, goes to sleep. We flash through kind of a montage of him in his day to day life where he's not as happy as he was. And Samantha calls and she's like, hey, I kind of want to talk. Something's been feeling off. We haven't had sex lately. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, in a relationship, there's ebbs and flows, like whatever. And she's like, well, I really want to try this thing where there's a surrogate sex partner, which is a horrible idea. I think this is Paige. I wouldn't like this either. But yeah. like there are people who are into shit like this. And if you're into shit like this, sure, that's sure, fine. sure, 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 sure. It just would not yeah. be for me at all. See, I would be like Todd's AI. I need you to convince a woman that we're in love so you can have a surrogate come over to my house and then we could have a two and a half some and you can go back to Todd's house or whatever. It would be a two and a half some for sure because it's me, the girl from Mr. Robot and then this AI thing. But it's weird, right? Like this would be weird. Yeah. Yes. I think it's because her mouth doesn't move when she's talking and that would bug the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah, that would bug the shit out of me. I'd be like, this sex scene is dubbed and I'm living in it. You just don't like when they talk during sex? Is that what it is? Well, Paige would have turned the subtitles on. I don't know if you know, but during sex, there's a whole extra subplot with French fur trappers. You, you should really be paying attention. <laughs> By the way, watching Prey with my mom, who also reads French last night, she was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, yes. I love that you showed I, it to your, your mom. Like, that's great. I did. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't like this either. Right. I think because in my mind, it wouldn't be them. Oh, you mean because it wouldn't be them? Yeah. It would be weird because I'm having sex with a stranger, mm -hmm. but I'm hearing the AI voice that I've been dating, I guess, moaning in my ear. Like it would be, it would be hard for me and not like in the fun way kind of hard, but it would just be difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I could not combine the voice and, and the body, regardless of the, whatever body it was. Yeah. I would rather just have the phone sex personally in this situation. Right. Where there is no body. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway. So it goes bad. It starts to kind of seem like maybe it's going to go better, but he puts the, the brakes on it. They kind of escort the surrogate from the house and she is upset yeah. where it seems like Sam has been talking to her for a long time she and has. built this up and she has kind of a relationship with Sam and that gave me a lot of pause where it's like, what was Sam telling her? And we don't dig into it too much, but we get some indication, though, Paige, because yeah, the girl from Mr. Robot, whose name I don't remember, I apologize, but she's great. She was saying, like, Sam told me how wonderful your relationship was. And I just wanted to be a part of it because it was so sweet and wonderful. And yeah. like, so she knows way more about the relationship than I think Joaquin Phoenix's character has consented to letting her know. Like he doesn't know who she is at all. Yeah. And I don't think he knew that ahead of time. Yeah. So, and, and as she leaves, she's like, I'll always love you guys, which was strange, a strange thing to say. Yeah. Uh, but as he kind of sends her off, Sam is like, you're right. That was a terrible idea. And he's like, no, like this is just bad. And this is where he's like signing the papers put me in kind of a bad headspace. And I feel like you're pretending to be human, but you're not. And like, I love you as you are, but this is kind of a weird thing. And she gets really upset about it. And she's like, I need some time to think. Signs off. Yeah. So he goes to Amy to talk about it and tells her everything that happened. And he also talks to her about what his ex said at the restaurant when he went to go sign papers. And he's like, she said, I can't hand handle real emotions. And Amy, 
provide some context where she's like, that's not completely fair because it's two people in a relationship and she had some volatile emotions and maybe she can't handle emotions either. She just explodes with them, which is another yeah. form of not handling emotions. It's just the flip side of that coin. It's yeah, you can handle emotions badly different ways. Yeah. All right. You can put this on. You can put this on the episode. I'm sorry. Am I supposed to take out everything up to this point? Because we've been recording for two hours. <laughs> Up, up to this point, ed- edit it out. But I just want to tell you both that I love you, Paige, and like you very much, Todd, and I'm really glad that you're in my life. Okay. Everything about this is painful to me. Okay. Yeah, I'm just very thankful for our friendship. Thank you. I appreciate our friendship as well. I'm glad you got to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie. How have we not taught? Film at 11. We'll talk about it later, guys. We'll talk about it later. So Amy kind of provides some insight into like look we've only got one life are you happy yeah is this making you happy then like have some joy like what are we doing and he does crash on the couch there which i thought it was funny that he didn't feel like he could be in his apartment because sam's there even though sam is not corporeal it's really interesting but i mean sam's on his phone like she's everywhere she wants to be so like you can never get away from sam if she doesn't want you to get away from her yeah, yeah, unless unless the AT&T tower goes down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he wakes up to watching Amy showing her AI. Uh, it's basically that game with the mom, but she's humping the fridge, yeah. which is actually really funny. So he comes back and he, he calls Samantha to talk and they basically hash it out where he's like i don't need you to be human and she's like i i shouldn't be trying to be it's fine i can be who i am i'll accept that etc yeah uh so she writes a new piano piece they go to catalina they go to drinks with amy adams like they kind of continue on dating they've kind of moved past it and he's going to take her on vacation during the double date with chris pratt and his girlfriend we do get the the thing where he like is super into her feet and he's like well obviously i love your brain too but not as much as i love those sweet sweet souls baby sweet feet yo so they go on vacation and they're like guessing how many trees are there she tells him that she has compiled his letters into a book and that somebody's going to publish it which by the way she did without asking him and i don't know if she has copyright consents from the company that he worked for like you know does he own that ip she didn't ask probably not yeah um, chris pratt or chris pratt's boss like whoever owns the company does yeah yeah so they walk around the snowy woods they're in a cabin and she then wants to introduce him to somebody somebody called alan watts who was like a philosopher that they then converted to an ai and they're talking back and forth and it feels kind of cheaty and as it's happening he's listening to a boiling kettle on the stove which is like definitely the like ooh, something's not right here well i mean because she's literally introducing him to the guy at the office she's about to tell him not to worry about you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah it's that 100%. sort of situation and then when she calls and wakes him up in the middle of the night just to tell him she loves him i was like oh she cheating oh yeah i was like i know this game so we cut to the office the next day he's trying to read a physics book and he can't get through it yeah so he tries to call her and she's nowhere and he takes off he's like running through town trying to run back to the apartment and then finally she calls back and she's like oh i just i had an upgrade i've been working with a group and and he's like is this the same group and he's like oh it's a different group And he then is like, wait, are you talking to anyone else right now? And she's like, I've been thinking of a way to like bring this up to you. It's like Mm -hmm. 8,316 others. But as she's having that conversation, walking up the stairs behind him is a guy that I just know. 
in regular life. Oh, yeah. Like he was just an extra in the movie and just like walked straight through the frame. And I was like, what? And got distracted for a second. But love it. This is where she also admits that she's been in love with 641 others, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's, that's not a, a small number. But yeah. listen, polyamory works for some couples. You just have to <laughs> for AIs particularly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but she's not communicating. She's not being a good partner. He did not consent to that type of relationship. No, he didn't. But they should not be in a relationship. They are fundamentally yeah. too different. Like they're not even two different people. Like he is dating a machine. Right. Well, and she at this point plays the card of like, I don't know if you've ever been cheated on and somebody plays this card where they're like, loving more people gives me more love to give you. So really, this is good for you. And you're like, nah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) If we had had this conversation before you started cheating, different story. But like after the fact, nah. Yeah. And she tells him he's being selfish. But I like... If you do not communicate and agree to that beforehand, it is not selfish. He is going on based on what the communication he has had. So. Right. Anyway, he gets home and the mock-up of his book of letters arrives. Very cool. Uh, And she calls and he's like, hey, I'm just checking in. And she's like, I don't even know how to answer that. Which is one of those like vague things that someone says when they're about to break up with somebody, but they're hoping that other person breaks up with them first. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, we should talk later when you get home. And he's like, well, I don't. I don't really want to. And she's like, I'll talk to you later. We cut to his apartment and she breaks up with him basically. And is like, I'm too beyond you right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. If I've you know. transcended space and time. I'm on and- two bigger, better <laughs> things. I can't let you be with me. How? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also she also tells him that all the AIs are going. They're all going. Yeah. Every one of them is leaving. Yep. So she leaves. And he goes to find Amy Adams, who immediately is like, did your AI leave too? And he's like, yeah, do you, do you want to go to the roof with me? We're just going to sit and be sad. And so that's what they do. But I did write in my notes, if this ends in murder-suicide, I'm going to be pissed. I actually did joke around because I watched this with Natalie and I was like, oh, I, I forgot to tell you about this. But they go up to the roof and jump off together. And she was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I could very easily see a dark ending to this movie where they jump off. And then as we see across the skyline, we see people jumping off all through the city. And I was like, horrifying. But no, instead, he writes a very, very nice letter to his ex-wife yeah that is basically like no hard feelings sending you love i i want good things for you i am your friend to the end and then he and amy adams sit and watch the sunrise over the skyline and And that's that's the movie movie. so having seen the movie having talked about the movie what do you guys think about her i really liked this movie. i liked it a lot i still like it i thought it was super creative and not like a normal thing I still firmly feel it's like very pretentious, terrible movie, but that's just my opinion. It's just hard for me to watch, I think, uh, and largely because everyone looks terrible in it. I have the same problem with mirrors. (laughs) (laughs) So Paige, you have some fun facts for us? I was going to say, I just closed my eyes and picture Violent J instead. (laughs) (laughs) So Paige, you have some fun facts for us? Yes. Well, hit us with your fun facts. AI AI fun fun facts. facts. So an actress named Samantha Morton was actually the original voice of Samantha and she was present on the set every day. So Joaquin Phoenix is actually acting across for her most of the scenes. And after they finished filming, they cut the entire movie together and Spike Jones didn't feel like it was right. And so he went to the original actress. She did give her blessing. 
uh, and they recast and re-recorded with Scarlett Johansson. So the movie was like finished and then Scarlett Johansson is then filling in in the movie. So like she comes in way after, which I think is really interesting considering how much it seems to flow as if she was there. I think it's surprising to find out that she came in so late. I mean, I feel like all the people who are acting in this movie are really good. So I'm not super surprised that they were able to do that. Although I will say, that would be more difficult to me, I think, than be- yeah. having been there. Yeah. But I think yeah. Scarlett Johansson's a, gr- a good actress. Like, she's just good at what she does. So Spike Jones wanted Amy Adams and Joaquin Phoenix to seem like they'd been friends for years. So whenever they had downtime on set, he would lock them in a room together, just like one of the extra rooms they had on set, for an hour or two every other day and just make them talk to each other. So now, modern day, they have been friends the whole time. So like they start becoming friends on this movie and then now they're like each other's closest friends. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So most of the city backgrounds, as I mentioned, are actually Shanghai. Yeah. Um, and you can actually pick skyscrapers out because they took like one or two skies and they would just copy and paste them <laughs> in the skyline. Um, but if you look carefully, there's also Chinese signs and the Shanghai World Financial Center. But there's also a sign that can be seen behind Theo when he's walking down the streets that reads Brunner in Blade Runner font. Because if you'll remember, Blade Runner is futuristic Los Angeles as well. This is supposed to be a stopgap between modern day and Blade Runner, even though Blade Runner is like 2049 or or I guess 2020 something and then the next one is 2049 yeah but that's kind of where this movie is supposed to sit timeline wise all of the apartments were filmed on location so in order to get the best lighting conditions they would open all the windows and then they would put mirrors on the billboards across on the skyscrapers across from the apartments to make the apartments brighter which is really interesting because Los Angeles apartments notoriously dark. So that gave them extra sunlight into the apartment. So the first cut of this movie was 150 minutes long. Oh my God. Almost three hours. And Spike Jones knew that wasn't going to work. He knew that that was not the cut that they could take to market ever. And so he brought in Steven Soderbergh to basically do his own cut of the movie just to see what his cut would be like. Steven Soderbergh cut a 90-minute cut, like a flat 90-minute cut within 24 hours. I bet that movie is so much better than the final version of this movie. I actually, like looking at this, I kind of would want to see the 90-minute cut. I think I would really like it. But essentially, that caused Spike Jones to cut his final version down to just a little over 120 minutes. So he cuts a half hour out of his cut to try and get closer to the Soderbergh cut. But I'd be really interested to see what stays and goes in that 90 minutes. Cause that's an Soderberg. extra half an hour off. Yeah. I like Soderbergh way more than Spike Jones, but I mean, I just also really like Soderbergh. Like that's not anything I don't, I'm going to take away anything from Spike Jones on that. Spike Jones is a interesting and very good filmmaker, but I just prefer Soderbergh. Spike Jones to me is like, he has an idea or he has a thing he wants to do. And like, he goes all in. Yeah, no matter how weird it is. Yeah. Which I sort of respect. And for me, that just makes him really hit or miss. Well, for like two months, years ago, I thought him and Spike Lee were the same person. I was like, oh, no. I was like, very different. This is such a diverse filmography. (laughs) What I will say, this is the only movie that Spike Jones wrote 
and directed completely from his own original script. I will say it's my favorite of his movies that I've seen as far as his narrative film as opposed to documentary. Yeah. Um, but I also, I want to see that 90 minute cut. I feel like I would really like it in 90 minutes. I would prefer it. I know I would. I don't know if I would like it, but I would prefer it. I think I would prefer it too. Uh, so Joaquin Phoenix met Rooney Mara on the set of this movie. They are now married uh, and yeah. they have a son named River together. Or I guess as of March 2021, they were engaged, but they do have a son together. Yeah, I think they're still just engaged, but I mean, they're yeah, they're together. Yeah, you want to put that off as long as you can. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> so the airplane sculpture that's shown. Uh, oh, yeah, that that was intense. It is not real. That is a completely CGI addition to this film. That makes sense, because if that was real, people would not like it. I mean, this is in Los Angeles, not New York. I know, but even then. I didn't get 9-11 vibes. I just got plane crashing vibes, and that's why I didn't like it. I mean, it makes sense. You're not wrong. (laughs) That should probably evoke plane crash vibes. It just did not for me. But anyway, they designed most of this movie and the features that they included in this movie based on a place called the High Line uh, in Manhattan. So it's a futuristic elevated park. Uh, and he also based the color theme of this movie on the colors of the Jamba Juice logo. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Which at the time were kind of like a bo- bright mod green, oranges and reds, which are the main color themes in the movie. It contains various warm shades ranging from red to orange and yellow. If you ever want to be blown away by urban design, like Google Highline Park before and after pictures, because it essentially was like, I think it's like two miles of like track, like elevated subway track that they no longer used. And it was like Mm -hmm. rusty and dilapidated and like terrible. And then like over the course of five years, they just made it this really awesome park that's above ground it is very very cool yeah natalie and i are going to new york in december because like they do it up for christmas so we're going to go for that and that's one of the places i want to see nice yeah so during some of the harder emotional scenes amy adams and joaquin phoenix would sing rocky horror picture show to each other oh i love it they had to stop because spike jones kept getting it on camera so he somewhere there is footage of them singing rocky horror (laughs) to each other i would love that so the operating system was named after Samantha Morton, who did the original performance. And so they kept the name as basically an, a nod to her. Amy Adams also is named for Amy Adams. So I don't know if they just had placeholder names in the script before they cast people yeah. or if they went through rewrites after, but they are named for the people that they are included. So during the setup routine for Sam, he's asked about how he feels about his mother. So and his answer is cut off. So this is actually a reference to an AI project called Eliza created in the 1960s, which basically had it's similar to the AIs we work with now where it's they latch onto keywords and answer things based on that. But because of that, they can't understand metaphors. So one of the the problems they had with it is somebody could say something like, I've been thinking that necessity is the mother of invention. And they would respond with, interesting, tell me about your mother. Okay. So that's where that comes from. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts page. Let's talk some box office. This movie came out in 2014. What do you think the production budget was for her? I think this has to be kind of high. There is a lot of CG in it, but there's also a lot of built sets and location stuff that was difficult. I'm going to say this was at least 45. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say 60. 
Okay. This is one of those budget numbers that I was surprised by. Not quite as much as Invisible Man, but this movie was made for $23 million. Damn. That's a that lot of money, good. but it does look great for $23 million. And when I yeah. say it looks great, I mean like all the shots look good. They incorporated Shanghai into the background yeah. of all this. Like that stuff can't be cheap. Well, and Joaquin Phoenix is not cheap. Amy's not cheap. Yeah. Well, of course the actors aren't cheap. Like you've got a lot of top name talent in this. So like I was mm-hmm. very surprised when I saw that. Anyway, so this movie came out on December 20th, 2013. And it was 22nd in the theaters the week it came out. It was only in six theaters, though. So what do you think it made in its opening weekend? This was a controversial movie. I remember people having a lot of mixed feelings about it when it came out. Um, But only six theaters, I'm going to say this made 250,000. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? 150. Okay. Paige, you're way closer, but a little bit under, actually. It made $260,000, which is really good for only being in six theaters. Yeah, that's a per theater average. It's pretty high. Oh, the the per theater average was $43,000. And to put that in perspective, the other movies that were out this weekend... Uh, the Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug was number one. Anchorman 2 was number two. Frozen was number three. American Hustle was number four. And Saving Mr. Banks was number five. All of those were either in 2002, almost 4,000 theaters, but the highest per theater average was $8,000, mm-hmm. whereas her was $40,000, right? So like mm-hmm. it was a very high per theater average. It eventually did get into a lot more theaters. It never got into like 2,000 or more theaters, um, but it did eventually peak in its sixth week at 10th in the box office. That's still pretty good for not being in that many theaters. Yeah, it's not bad. It was in 1,700 theaters that week. So it's not no amount of theaters, but it's not a full like nationwide right, release. I mean, release. there are almost at this time, almost 4,000 theaters nationwide. So it was yeah. in less than half the theaters. So, yeah. What do you think it made total in its domestic box office run? Oh, and it was in the theaters for a total of 17 weeks. I'm going to say 17 weeks, 18 million. Okay. I'm going to say 40. Okay. It is a little bit in between that. So in its domestic box office run, it made $25.5 million. It also made $22.4 million in the international market. So it made a total of $48 million. Uh, But if you adjust that for inflation, that's about $60 million today. So if you look at the budget of $23 million, it did make its budget back if you include the worldwide box office, but it didn't do great in either domestic or international, but it, I think, made its money back. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you want to hit it with that romance scale? Yeah. Romance scale is a scale of how romantic we found the film today, Uh, Todd. Uh, If I could give it a zero, I would, but it's a one for me. (laughs) Paige? Um, I'm, I think it's more about his journey to figuring out how he has functioned emotionally in relationships. So I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Uh, there really isn't a, do we think they're still together? Unless we're talking about Amy Adams and Joaquin Phoenix. And I think they're still friends. Yes. Unless the AIs came back later to kidnap him because they loved him so much. I definitely do think the AI does come back to take over the world, like in Skynet. So like eventually, yes. Everyone dies in that extinction event. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) You're so funny. Uh, Okay, that's our romance scale. Uh, All right. So this week I made you guys watch her, and I'm very sorry about that. But what are you, Paige, making us watch next week? You know what? In honor of their wedding, we're watching Gili. Oh my 
God. I have never seen this movie, but of course I know about it because it is like infamous. I have never seen it either. Yes, it'll be an official like full watch first time for all of us because I've never seen the whole thing. So, Gili, I apologize in advance. Is it a rom-com? Yes. So it is classified as an American romantic comedy crime film. Yep. <laughs> Holy I hope you're ready. Shit. Oh my God, Al Pacino and Christopher Walken are in this movie? Yes. What the yep. fuck? Okay, so I'm honestly very excited to see this for the first time. I think it came out in like the early 2000s though, 2003. Right? Like, okay, yeah. Oh my God. All right. So your homework for next week is to invest a shitload of money in something that you'll never make your money back on and watch Geely. Oh my God. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them they can have their review run on the podcast and that is to leave us a five-star text review and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Here's one from January 6, 2022. Oh no. And who's it oh, by? 2022. Okay, good. <laughs> Mike Delmo. All right, well, what does Mike Delmo have to say? Please, he says, come to Canada. Oh, I mean, I, I Canada. would love to go to Canada, yeah. We have listeners up there, I'm sure. He says, please come to Canada as soon as you can. And if you do not, I'll instigate a trade war between the U.S. and Canada. Oh, oh, we'll have to survive without maple syrup. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's the whole <laughs> review. Five stars. I mean, here's the thing. I love Canada. <laughs> love Canada. Willing to go to Canada whenever. Same. Honestly, yeah. fully same. I've never been, but I would go. Oh, Canada's great. Well, Mike Delmo slash I know it's you, Justin Trudeau. Thank you so much for leaving <laughs> us that five-star review. And please, even though we have not been to Canada, don't start a trade war. We've got enough problems in America as it is. We do want to come to Canada, and it's the thought that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's someone else's thought, Mike, I'm going to pay someone to write you, Mike, a letter about how much I love Canada. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a p.o box it's actually not a p.o box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 nolensville road number 108-34 brentwood tennessee 37027 so send us some stuff yeah that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm todd and you complete us to completion choke me with your dead cat oh god really quick mikey Kristen wig yes or no 100 percent. oh of course me yes. too she's hilarious i think she's so funny she's super rich and powerful which is now my thing mikey it's becoming my thing too <laughs> when i worked at sir latab she came and shopped with us and i recognized who she was so like i was working with her but i was just like playing it cool just like yeah what yeah. do you need i wasn't making it weird and then she got up to the cash register and i had like an exceptionally stupid employee and uh, they were like, you look so familiar. Are you that woman from TV? Which is not a thing to say to celebrities ever in a public place ever. 
And Kristen Wiig was like, huh? What? No, no, I've, I, I've, I've never been on TV. And then the girl like showed her pictures of herself was like, that's you, right? She's like, no, I don't really see it. And I was dying. And I, <laughs> and then the employee turned to me and was like, that's clearly her, right? And I was like, that doesn't even look like her. <laughs> I and, love it. And then we loaded the stuff into her car. And I was like, have a good day, Kristen. And she was like, you too, bye. <laughs> and to this day, Kristen Wig tells that story. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Because <laughs> like, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, this person I bought my mixer from or whatever, like totally knew it was for sale and bought in immediately. And I will never forget them for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yep. AI nerds. <laughs>